If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash code assistant. IBM. Let's create. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. O-Z-Y. Ozzy. Ozzy Media Productions. History books are filled with big names and big events. But sometimes, the most influential people are behind the scenes, in the shadows, across the dining room table. Sometimes, just one chance encounter or one broken heart can change the course of history. I'm Sean Braswell, and this is The Thread, a podcast from Aussie Media. This season, we pull the thread on the death of rock star John Lennon and actually connect it back to the communist leader, Vladimir Lenin. Here's a quick recap of our thread so far, but please listen to the previous episodes if you haven't already. John Lennon is dead, shot several times by a young American as he was going into his home in New York. December 8th, 1980. Mark David Chapman fired five bullets at John Lennon in front of the Dakota building in New York. Police have a suspect in custody whom they describe only as a local screwball. Chapman was a disturbed loner, and he was obsessed with the classic American novel The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. Chapman believed that he embodied the book's main character, Holden Caulfield, and he railed against the phonies and hypocrites he saw everywhere, including John Lennon. Here's Mark David Chapman describing the morning of the murder to CNN's Larry King. I bought a copy of The Catcher in the Rye, signed it to Holden Caulfield from Holden Caulfield, and wrote underneath that, this is my statement. Why would a character like Holden Caulfield speak to Mark David Chapman? The answer has to do with the author J.D. Salinger. For one thing, Salinger's great novel was shaped by his own dark and traumatic experiences as a soldier in World War II. But the other part of the story has to do with the beautiful girl that helped inspire the catcher in the rye, and then broke Salinger's heart before he shipped off for war. That girl was Una O'Neill. Without Una, there might never have been a world of phonies for Holden Caulfield, and then Mark David Chapman, to rail against. So today, we find out. What's the big deal with Una O'Neill? When you 
were sitting in the bunker Did you ever wonder about it catching old Charlie's eye? Don't worry about it, Jerry The way she made you carry Turned you into one hell of a guy So tell me, what's the big deal about Una O'Neill? What's the big deal about Una O'Neill? Una O'Neill Chaplin is the fulcrum of our story The strand holding our thread together And yet... Una's influence is often lost in the shadow of the great men whose lives and works she helps shape. I was walking on, I want to say, Madison Avenue in New York, and there was a headline, and it said, Wife of Charlie Chaplin, daughter of Eugene O'Neill, dead at 66. And what I was struck by was, as I remember the headline, it didn't mention her name. This is Jane Scoville, writer, playwright, biographer. And the woman she was reading about that day on Madison Avenue was Una O'Neill Chaplin. I would describe her as the daughter of a postage stamp and the wife of a postage stamp. In other words, she was in the middle of two great men. When we last heard from Una, she had left J.D. Salinger behind, heartbroken. Salinger spent more than a year of his life pursuing the attractive debutante. He paid for dinners and dates he couldn't afford. Salinger would write Una long, beautiful, effusive letters, and then totally switch tacks and pretend he didn't like her at all. Here's Una's daughter, Annie Chaplin, reading from one of those letters. I've seen the folly of my ways, and never again will I shovel heavy amour into your pretty ear. In the future, I shall be gay. I shall ride up and down Park Avenue on a white horse, throwing bottles of champagne at blind beggars. But the relationship wasn't meant to be. America entered the Second World War. Salinger was drafted and reported to boot camp. Una, who would soon break his heart, moved to Hollywood in pursuit of stardom. Una O'Neill biographer, Jane Scoville. There's a charming screen test of her. She was supposed to be a Russian peasant. She's got a babushka on. She, she looks about as Russian as Maureen O'Hara. I mean, this is not a Russian face. She speaks in, in the screen test, and it's all very Park Avenue. Is it silent? Yeah. Well, I say, should I turn over here? This screen test is just over a minute long. Una looks a bit lost. She has an unsure smile, her eyes sparkling, as she tries to follow the director's instructions to look this way and that. We'll never know if Una O'Neill could have been a movie star, but this screen test is a haunting glimpse of what might have been if fate did not have other plans for Una in Hollywood. J.D. Salinger was just one in a long list of well-known men who were infatuated with Una O'Neill. Another man on the list, Orson Welles. The famous actor and director took Una out for a night on the town when she first moved to Hollywood. In the back corner of some glittery nightclub, Welles took her hand and offered to read her poem. He traced her love line, looked her in the eyes, and told her that it led directly to an older man. But it wasn't him. It was someone else. Someone even more famous. Screen legend Charlie Chaplin. 
Years later, Wells described the night in an interview. Una is exactly the, the girl that would be happy with, with Charlie, I suppose. And instead of thinking, maybe you'll meet him, I just, what did I lose? I said, you're going to marry him. And she did. Una met Charlie Chaplin, just as Orson Welles predicted. Chaplin described encountering Una for the first time in his autobiography. I became aware of a luminous beauty with a sequestered charm and a gentleness that was most appealing. Chaplin had a reputation as a womanizer. He once bragged that he had slept with 2,000 women by the age of 50. He had also gone through three wives, each of them significantly younger than himself. After a brief courtship, Una became wife number four in 1943. She was 18. He was 54. J.D. Salinger read about the wedding in the papers while at boot camp. He was devastated. Many were skeptical the marriage would last, but Charlie and Una proved them wrong. Una gave up any chance of a film career to focus on Charlie and their growing family, and they eventually had eight children together. Their house was a social gathering point for celebrities, artists, and intellectuals, from Dylan Thomas to Albert Einstein. Biographer Jane Scoville. One went to see Charlie, and one came away remembering Una. As the years went by, Charlie was pursued by the U.S. government and J. Edgar Hoover's FBI. Like many artists of his time, they wrongly accused him of being a communist. This is the biggest joke in the world. Charlie Chaplin, nobody loved capitalism or money more than, than Charlie. The Chaplins decided to leave America behind. They set sail for England in 1952. They eventually settled in Switzerland, where they would remain together for the rest of Charlie's life. And he just doted on her. She was beautiful. She was smart. So it worked. It worked for a while for, you know, quite a while. But, uh, like all good things, it, it came to an end. Their problem, basically, was not love, it was time. The age difference between Charlie and Una started to take its toll. As he got older, he became very feeble, very feeble. And he demanded that Una be with him constantly, never let her out of his sight. And she didn't try to get out of it. But at the same time, this is no way to live. Meanwhile, Una struggled against a long-term demon that plagued the O'Neill family, alcoholism. She drank alone, often locking herself in her room. And Una was, I think, literally pouring the booze into teacups so that nobody would know. But everybody knew. Charlie Chaplin died on Christmas Day, 1977. Una was devastated, isolated, and lost in alcohol. Her life spiraled. She would sometimes take one of Chaplin's white gloves and hold it in her hand, as if still holding his. One night in Switzerland, Una was quite drunk. She turned to a friend and asked, Charlie was a great man, wasn't he? Then all of a sudden, Una burst out. What the f*** did I do with my life? And in a way, it's a, it's a very good question, because this woman, she wrote beautifully. She read, read, read a lot. And 
she wouldn't allow herself to be the center of attention. She just served, and that you don't get medals for that. Most of Una's life centered around Charlie Chaplin, but in her teenage years, she was the center of attention. Up next, we go back. Back to when Una was 16 and had all of New York, including Salinger, wrapped around her finger. The Thread is brought to you by Aussie Fest. Aussie Fest brings together incredible music, provocative ideas, laugh-out-loud comedy, and mouth-watering food in New York City's Central Park. Check it out at aussie.com slash aussiefest. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard 
the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. J.D. Salinger developed his famous allergy to phoniness at Una O'Neill's side. Una and her two best friends, Carol Marcus and Gloria Vanderbilt, were Manhattan it girls. All from wealthy upper-class families, they were the gossip girls of their day. These essentially were three fatherless girls. And when they got together, their main activity, I think, was dating. They were out all the time. Another literary giant and eyewitness to Una's life was the author Truman Capote. The three girls, Marcus, Vanderbilt, and O'Neill, inspired Holly Golightly, the heroine of his classic story, Breakfast at Tiffany's, the one played by Audrey Hepburn in the film. Una was popular but shy. A sunny exterior seemed to mask a deep sadness. She was intelligent but didn't really apply herself, says biographer Jane Scoville. She was kind always kind, very sympathetic, very loving, but very bright. By the time she was a teenager, her parents largely left her to her own devices. And like any teenager, Una acted out, albeit on a much grander scale than most. At night, she became the queen of New York's cafe society, and her home away from home was the Stork Club. You see, the Stork Club is the mecca for celebrities from all over the world. They come here to eat, see, and be seen. As part of our audience, they attract an audience. Get it? Oh, now I do. Now, when you talk about the Stork Club, it was the most famous nightclub in all of New York. This is Ken Slowinski, who told us about Salinger's story. Only the rich and famous got in. You know, who's here with whom? What's going on? And it would all be in the columns the next day in the paper. With Una O'Neill. It was like an old-time movie premiere with the photographers flashing lights and everyone calling her name 
she was treated like a queen. She was voted the number one New York debutante at the store club for 1942-1943. Una appeared in newspapers and magazines across the country. One night a reporter asked Una how her father felt about her winning debutante of the year. She said, I don't know, and I'm not going to ask him. He'll find out for himself. And that infuriated her father. But by that point, Una was fed up. She had been chasing the love and attention of her father, a tempestuous playwright, her whole life. Una's father, Eugene O'Neill, probably shouldn't have been a parent in the first place. O'Neill always said he didn't want children, and he was right. This is a guy who could have gotten a Nobel Prize for bad parenting. Jane Scoville again. The only thing he said that would make it bearable is if it were a girl and if she were pretty. And she was a girl and she was pretty. And that was Una. Una was born in Bermuda in 1925, the daughter of two artists, O'Neill and his wife, the writer Agnes Bolton. It seemed like an ideal life. But as pretty as little Una was, she was no match for the brooding playwright's real children, the characters in his plays. Una was really a daddy's girl. She worshipped him. And then when she was two years old, he walked out on them. In 1928, Eugene O'Neill abandoned his family and married his mistress, the actress Carlotta Monterey. Little Una was confused and hurt. Una was absolutely just... She didn't know what to make of it. She'd see a picture of her father, and she'd start jabbing it with her finger and say, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And then one time she got so hysterical, she just broke down crying, and she could not be consoled. And yet, Eugene couldn't bring himself to leave the picture completely. His guilty conscience kept the young Una on a thread. He wrote her loving letters periodically, saying he missed her a lot. In one, he enclosed some pictures of himself and ended the letter by saying, I love you very much. Don't forget me. Una's mother, Agnes, or Aggie Bolton, wasn't much comfort either. Aggie was uh, better, but she also was a writer. And she was busy with her work. And so Aggie was not exactly a hands-on mother. She, I mean, I, I want to say she was there, but she wasn't. As Una grew up, she longed to see her father. Aside from a short visit when she was six, Una didn't see Eugene O'Neill again until she was 14. She kept writing, can't I come to see you? Can't I come to see you? Uh, and finally, he agreed to let her come out to visit. And he was working uh, all the time, but he, they had meals together, and he gave her an hour in the afternoon where just the two of them were together, and he would play her uh, his jazz records. She returned to New York, and he returned to his work. And despite Una's best efforts to stay in touch, he pretty much ignored her. She didn't have much adult supervision in her life, but Una seemed to gravitate to the adults who did pay attention, the adults the Stork Club. Eugene O'Neill was not happy about the publicity his daughter was getting. Una announced she was going to Hollywood instead of college. A reporter asked if her father approved. Una replied, 
He's my guardian until I'm 18, adding with a twinkle in her big brown eyes, the reporter wrote, I'll be 18 next May. A girl ought to earn her own living. O'Neill wrote a blistering letter to his daughter in response. All I know of what you have become since you blossomed into the nightclub racket is derived from newspaper clippings of your interviews, he wrote. All the publicity you have had is the wrong kind, unless your ambition is to be a second-rate movie actress of the floozy variety. Their relationship went even further downhill, until Eugene cut all ties with Una. That was it. She never saw him again. I could read you just a little bit from the final letter that he ever wrote her. This is Robert Dowling, Eugene O'Neill biographer. Here's hoping you change as you grow out of the callow stage. I'd hoped there was the making of a fine, intelligent woman in you, which would remain fine in whatever she did. I still hope so. If I am wrong, goodbye. If I am right, you will sometimes see the point in this letter and be grateful. In which case, au revoir. That was their last correspondence. And then she went on to marry a man more than twice her age. You know, it's, it's penny, ante, psychological, whatever. But if ever anyone was looking for a father, it was Una. Jane Scoville again. Let's put it this way. O'Neill was cold and distant. Charlie was warm and distant. But he was there far more than uh, O'Neill ever was for his kids. So she worshipped him as she worshipped her father. And Una's marriage drove her father crazy. He was furious. Furious. Charlie was one year younger than Eugene O'Neill. And he was a hundred times more famous. Una O'Neill Chaplin had a certain gravity, a gravity that held the brightest minds in art and literature in her orbit. Unfortunately, Una's intelligence, her grace, and in the end her entire life was eclipsed by the men that surrounded her. In this same way, Una holds our thread together. She introduced J.D. Salinger to the dazzling and frivolous world of New York's cafe society. She helped inspire his greatest novel, the one that in turn inspired Mark David Chapman to murder John Lennon. But would Salinger have become the writer he did if he had landed the girl of his dreams? What if Una hadn't left him for someone like Charlie Chaplin, a man that she could worship, like she worshipped the father that abandoned her? In our next episode, we continue our thread with Una's father, Eugene O'Neill. He's been called America's Shakespeare and the Poet Laureate of Gloom. He almost single-handedly transformed American theater from vaudeville to riveting drama. But O'Neill lived his life on the stage in his mind and could only really connect with his family and his lovers through the world of his plays. The Thread is produced by Meredith Hotnut, Libby Coleman, and me, Sean Braswell. Our editors are Carlos Watson and Samir Rao. Meredith Hotnut engineered our show with mixing and sound design from James Rowlands. Special thanks to Cindy Carpian, David Boyer, Tracy Moran, Sean Culligan, Sanjeev Tandon, Cameo George, and KALW. This episode featured the song Una O'Neill by Lindsay and Russell John, 
Check us out at ozzy.com. That's ozy.com. Or on Twitter and Facebook. To learn more about the thread, visit ozzy.com slash the thread. All one word. And make sure to subscribe to the thread on Apple Podcasts. If you love surprising, engaging stories from history, like this one, look no further than the flashback section of Ozzy. Thanks for listening. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Family Talk with Straight Talk. You give and you give. It's time to get with Straight Talk Wireless. You get a reliable 5G network and unlimited data. And you get to choose who joins your family plan starting as low as $25 a line. Does it have to be family? It can be family or people you like. Get more lines and more savings. Switch to Straight Talk for family plans starting as low as $25 a line per month for four lines. Find us at Walmart and straighttalk.com. For network management practices, visit straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines all on the silver unlimited plan. Taxes and fees apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.